We're now going to have our scripture reading this morning, and we're reading from Psalm 104, and we're going to read verse 1 and then 10 to 28. So, praise the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty. He makes springs pour water into the ravines. It flows between the mountains. They give water to all the beasts of the field. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. The birds of the air nest by the waters. They sing among the branches. He waters the mountains from his upper chambers, and the earth is satisfied by the fruit of his work. He makes grass grow for the cattle and plants for man to cultivate, bringing forth food from the earth, wine that gladdens the heart of man, oil to make his face shine, and bread that sustains his heart. The trees of the Lord are well watered, the cedars of Lebanon that he planted. There the birds make their nests, the stork has its home in the pine trees. The high mountains belong to the wild goats, the crags are a refuge for the conies. The moon marks off the seasons and the sun knows when to go down. You bring darkness, it becomes night, and all the beasts of the forest prowl. The lions roar for their prey and seek their food from God. The sun rises and they steal away. They return and lie down in their dens. Then man goes out to his work, to his labour until evening. How many are your works, O Lord? In wisdom you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. There is the sea, vast and spacious, teeming with creatures beyond number living things both large and small. There the ships go to and fro, and the Leviathan which you formed to frolic there. These all look to you to give them their food at the proper time. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. Amen. I'd now like to invite Julian to come and pass on God's word to us. I'll just pray for you, Julian, as you come and speak. Father, we thank you for Julian. We thank you for bringing here among us, him here among us this morning. We thank you for the word that you have placed on his heart to give to us. And we pray that we would all learn something more about your majesty and your power this morning. And that in giving your word, you will also bless Julian as he speaks to us. Amen. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Quite often when I speak in churches, I have to ask if people can hear me from the back. So it's good to come to a church with a PA system. Um, and it's also wonderful to see people that I know here as well. Andy Gathercole. Uh, I, used to, I took over Andy's job at the Matthew Project when he left. And um, other people here as well from that time. In fact... The first time I met somebody who needed help at the Matthew Project after Andy had left, they knocked on the door, they opened the door, sorry, I opened the door, and they looked at me and they said, boy, Andy, you've put on weight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. My first kind of introduction. And so today we celebrate harvest. God created this world and we know in Genesis, he said that this world is good. His creation is good. 
Could you imagine if God had created it in a different way so that there was only perhaps one or two colors or that everything smelt the same or that everything was flat like Lincolnshire (laughs) or all food tasted the same because God is God and he could have created the world in a very different way but he created the world rich in color with many different hills and rivers and oceans, with many different animals like we heard today, looking to God for food, for him to sustain them. And the many different types of food we see before us today that have been donated for Hebron, beans and peach slices, You know, I think God created food partly as a tangible way of showing his love for us. And so by giving food to Hebron this morning, you are expressing God's love to those women in a very tangible way from God. Some years ago, I visited the Amazonian rainforest, and we had to go through really poor roads, as you can imagine. Canoes, uh, my canoe leaked, and of course, piranha fish as well. Why did I choose that canoe? And we eventually came to a village, and this church leader called Enrique showed us round the rainforest around his village. And as we walked through the rainforest, he picked some fruit. It was like a, a grapefruit, just sliced the top of the grapefruit with his machete, handed it to us for a drink, and we squeezed the grapefruit, or whatever it was, to drink. And he showed me a deep respect as we walked around for creation and recognized that creation was created not by humans, but by God. And he showed me That in creation, in a way, we can see the fingerprints of God. And we can recognize the love that he has for us in the way that he has created the earth. But he also showed me that there was an interconnectedness in creation. So that there were no huge crops um, in that part of the Amazonian rainforest. But the way the people of the village grew things, they grew them in a way that protected the other plants as they grew up. So, for instance, one plant which was fragile would grow, and then another plant which was stronger would grow in a way to protect that fragile plant which they wanted food from, from the sun. And he showed me this interconnectedness with nature and the way that they also felt connected with nature. but also that the forest was their supermarket. It was their pharmacy. It was their chemist. It was their DIY shop. Everything that they needed to sustain themselves in many ways came from that rainforest. And if the rainforest vanished or 
people came to chop down a lot of the rainforest, in fact, which they are doing, then they realized that their food would disappear, that their medicines would disappear. And with our sense of living in the West, I wonder if we have lost a lot of that. I turn my tap on in the morning, I expect water to come from it. I go to Sainsbury's or Lidl's and I expect there to be food on the shelves, even in a pandemic. We look at what happens with petrol and we also see a craving and insecurity when we think that is not going to be there and we panic. And I guess a lot of us no longer join in the harvest, do we? I don't know the last time you went out into a field and chopped down some food. Um, certainly, I'm not sure if I've ever done that in terms of harvest. And so my first challenge for us this morning is let's see the world differently. Not as a consumer but recognizing God, the creator, has given us an amazing world to live in and open our eyes to see the beauty of God in creation and to see his love for us in that creation. So I dare you to put down your mobile phone <laughs> and to walk out into a garden or a park and to open your eyes and to look at the sky, to look at the trees, and when you taste your food, to really taste your food and think, God loves me so much that he has created this for us out of his love for me. I love that passage where we see Jesus walking with his disciples through the cornfields. And of course, the, I think it's the Pharisees come and criticize, don't they? But before that, just the idea of Jesus walking through creation. I suppose like God walked through creation when we go back to Genesis 1. Jesus walking through creation. And how he was connected with creation in the storms, walking through fields, being able to multiply bread, so, God is the creator, creation is good. And of course, in Genesis, we've been given the role of caring for creation, which is really important to think about at harvest. Caring for creation. The earth ultimately belongs to God. He's put it into our hands to care in many ways for his earth. How a good a job are we doing? In some ways, I think we have done reasonably well. <laughs> Immediately, I imagine you think that I'm going to start criticizing what we do. But when you look at things like eco-church, recycling, and various other things, those initiatives have happened. But when we look at the whole of the earth, when we look at the big picture, what are we doing? It doesn't work. <laughs> Often I think in our desire for convenience 
or for some for material wealth, or because we did not know we have not, create, we have not treated the planet God's gift to us as we ought to. Rowan Williams said, we have treated the earth like a big warehouse full of stuff for our convenience. And we are part of the crisis that we are in. We build bigger barns. We store more and more food. A third of the food intended for human consumption is actually wasted. A third of the food grown for human consumption is wasted. And we could feed three billion people a year just on the food that we waste. I don't know if you go out on your walk this afternoon and look at nature, if you would see a turtle dove. (laughs) But turtle doves have declined in the UK by 97% in the last 50 years. So only 3% of turtle doves are left. The hedgehog, who doesn't like hedgehogs? Hedgehogs have declined by two-thirds since the year 2000. Mostly because of what we as human beings are doing. And I think as people who believe in Jesus, we have to live as Jesus calls us to. And so when Jesus says in Matthew 6, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, Your body, what you will wear, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And then further, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, so that that, uh, all these things will be given to you as well. And if I'm honest with myself and in front of you, I have not lived as I, as I read that passage. When I see petrol stations and queues, I'm thinking, I'm supposed to go on a journey next week. Should I go to the garage now and fill up? Or when the toilet roll crisis happened, and there was enough toilet roll for everybody. You know, I'm thinking, are we going to run out of toilet roll? And there's that thing inside us that sort of pushes us. But that's not necessarily the step of faith and living by what God is calling us to do as Christians. In Afghanistan now, you will have seen on the news about the Taliban. But you might not also realize there's a hunger crisis in Afghanistan. And our team chose to stay in Afghanistan. And so our team, our Christian A team, are in Afghanistan now, trying to keep their heads low, trying to work out, in this new Afghanistan, how do we feed the hungry? How do we enable women to still have a voice in some way? How do we protect the vulnerable. And so we'd be grateful tonight for your prayers 
for our team and for others in Afghanistan. Because this is not how God created the world to be. God created the world to be good. Two years ago, I was in Ethiopia, and I visited some remote communities in Ethiopia. And it was very hot, and it was drought conditions, and I met various people. Um, Interestingly, the women were the most vocal about things. And time and time again, I got the same message. We are grateful for what you do. We thank you for the water that you have provided. We thank you for the training you have given us to keep that water flowing. And so people were very grateful for your gifts. And then they said, but our seasons are changing. It is getting hotter. Our crops are not growing. We have seen our loved ones die. We have seen our children die. We have seen our families die. Our cattle die. Go back and ask those people who are causing this to stop. You don't need to tell us about climate. We know it. We see it. We live it. And that was like a dagger into me, because, of course, I know that I contribute to that. But also, as a society, and as people in power, in terms of the government, we have a prophetic duty to challenge things. The last 10 years have been the hottest 10 years decade on record. I, as an individual, produce 45 times the amount of CO2 compared to an individual in Ethiopia. So what can we do? If we seek to follow Jesus, then we cannot carry on like this. So my first point, we need to see the world differently. We need to open our eyes and to go back to God's word to see what is he saying about creation and how we should value creation. We should be a gift to creation. God has entrusted us with that duty. But let's open our eyes and love the creator and show God how much we love him by how we care for his creation. But also let's as far as we are able, live differently. Share what we have with people. But also, recycle all those things that you probably know about. Recycle. Cycle. Don't buy things in plastic as far as you are able. Live differently. And perhaps give as well. You've seen the envelopes. I used to be, when I started at Christian Aid, I used to be really embarrassed about asking people for money, if I'm honest. Um, but now I've met people in need 
who have lost loved ones through hunger. I feel I need to. So you have envelopes. And don't feel under, you know, pressure. I don't want to make you feel guilty. <laughs> I want you to give if you feel able to out of love. And I know not everybody can afford to give either. So. But we can share what we have. But also we can act differently. We see in the Bible how the prophets challenged those in power. Amos said to the merchants of his day, you mix the grain you sell with chaff, with dust, sweat from the floor, and then you enslave poor people for one piece of silver or a pair of sandals. Well, many people would be a lot better off today if our huge multinational corporations pay tax, <laughs> if our huge multinational corporations fed back into the communities which they extract huge amounts of money from or resources. And there's a meeting called COP26, which is the big meeting about climate change where different countries will be coming together in Glasgow in November. And perhaps you could speak to your MP just simply speak to your MP about the need for justice. I'm going to finish with a story. It goes back to the Amazonian rainforest. And uh, Enrique, the church leader, and he said this. He said, some years ago, we were out picking food from the forest and looking after the forest. And we felt the ground start to shake. So we ran back to the community and we looked at our church and we saw the building start to shake. And I don't know about you, but if this building started to shake, I'd be out of the door, <laughs> down the street, telling you to clear you know, the building. But what they did was they ran to the building, they ran to the church building which was, you know, kind of like a, not like this. And they pushed on the church building with all their might, and they prayed, Lord, keep this building upright, keep our church upright, keep it safe. And what I'm asking, what I'm suggesting to you today is that we join in, and we push in prayer, we push in our resources, we push in our lifestyles to bring change to our world so that people on the other side of our world can live and that we can change this world in the power of God's Spirit. Enrique then said to me, when you go back to from where you come from, Julian, say this, please. We want to thank you for all the difference that you make through your giving, through your prayers. Tell those people that they are making a difference. We don't have much to give. But what we do have to give are our prayers. And so please tell those people that you speak to that we will be praying for them, that God's blessing would be upon them. Because we know everybody has needs, no matter whether you live in the Amazon or whether you live from where you come from, Julian. Everybody has needs. And we will pray that God will meet those needs and that as you speak, people will feel some sort of God's energy <laughs> in their hearts.
So thank you for listening. May we work together for God's kingdom in caring for his planet and for those who often have the least. Amen.